Okay, Dylan, you, you've viewed it? Oh, yeah. I viewed it. Okay. We just watched the trailer for The Valley, a new series that is going to be premiering this spring on Bravo. Dylan, what did you think about this trailer? Um, sometimes you just don't got to overthink your promotion. If you have the idea to put Jax in a little toy car wearing driving gloves, <laughs> that's all you need. Like, you've already yeah. got gold right there. That could be the whole show. I hope wanted to be in that car the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he, he sustained like a leg injury and he's like too proud to admit it. So he's just like it's my new thing now i drive around yeah. a little mini toy hummer <laughs> yeah I, w- I was hoping that it was foreshadowing some sort of dui storyline that we'll get here so <laughs> we'll see hello and welcome to the bravo outsider podcast i'm your host craig midwinter joined once again by dylan ferguson welcome back dylan Hi! Oh my god, you look amazing! Did, <laughs> did that land with you? I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm experimenting with greeting my friends more the way like the women in these shows do. Actually, like they, they're onto something. Did that, did that feel right? Or did that, did that seem Yeah, it felt, it, it felt great. What do you think okay. of my esophagus? Can you see Ooh, it there? Look at it tight. Damn. Yeah, nice, nice and thin. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're pleased to be joined by a writer with a brand new scripted fantasy comedy podcast called Venix the Mighty. It's Mary Mascari. When the going gets tough, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's is that, true. Is that the tagline for like the real house cats? Oh, that's perfect. I think that would I would be in that one. I would a, I would watch that. Yeah. I would watch the hell out of that for what yeah. I'm And uh, yeah, I would love to be in that one. I'd fit in better for sure. Awesome. Well, do you want to just like start by giving us a little bit of a your background with reality TV or TV in general? Like what kind yeah. of content do you watch? Well, Actually, I do like a lot of reality TV. I, I tend to focus more on like the competition like stuff. So I like okay, I watched yeah. Like the first episode, the first season of Survivor, and I remember, uh, yeah. like the it going out on the news that that Richard Hatch has won. Spoiler from thirty years right. ago, or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and I so I loved it. Um, I love like Project Runway, Top Chef. Um, try to think as well, like Dancing with the Stars, Amazing Race. I always like those. Uh, I always tend to draw into more of the competition thing. I like I like right. seeing people. There was that top design for a while. There was an interior designer thing. Um, oh, okay, I like to yeah. see people, creative people doing their jobs well. I think that's fun with a little drama. So um, how did you think that these shows compared to that? You know, I, I came into it with – I tried to keep an open mind, right? So I was like, yeah. okay, well, there's no competition here, so what the heck's the point? And honestly, I I was quite compelled. You know, I was like, okay, I can see because it's – it's the same idea. It's a, it's just a storytelling, you know, in the editing room. Awesome. Well, let's let's get right into our discussion about these shows. Which of these shows did you find the most compelling? I, they were both compelling in in two different ways. But Miami, I think, really, I I, I think I liked the the Miami was a little different. I kind of liked that a little more. I thought that was like if I'm going to watch another one, it will probably be Miami. Okay, great. Um, let's uh, let's jump into Miami then. Yeah. Um, we're going to start with a segment we call Housewives in a Hurry. So we're going to put 20 seconds on the clock, and oh, I just want you to brain dump whatever comes to mind about this episode. And I, I would say start with whatever is the most memorable or important. Don't try okay. to worry about describing it chronologically. Okay, So good. your 20 seconds starts right now. 
Okay, Swim Week fashion show. Uh, we got Julia and Kiki walking. Awesome. Then we have the fighting by the pool and then the limo and then everyone leaving. And then Julia and a goat. And then uh, this one <laughs> woman's got cancer and she blows off her family to talk to her FaceTime with her friends. And uh, then they're going to all go to Mexico. Yeah, good. That was really good. You got oh. a lot out there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, yeah, so the first thing that came to mind for you was Miami Swim Week, which was like a very like visually stunning um, mm-hmm. thing to watch. And I think like one of the things about Miami as a series is that they have a very strong like visual vocabulary that is built into the show. When you think about Miami, you've got an idea of an image and like, even without thinking about real housewives, you've got this idea of Miami and the, the mm-hmm. colors that are there and the, the vibe. And so um, I think that that helps Miami real housewives of Miami in a lot of ways in terms of like establishing this vibe and this aesthetic. But I want to like talk a little bit about, um, about the, the themes the visual mm-hmm. storytelling, just um, in terms of the the presentation or technicals on this show, was there anything that stood out to you? There are a couple different things. First of all, to what you were saying about like your preconceived notions of Miami, I thought it really interesting that the uh, visuals in the opening credits were like city. They're very urban and it was raining, you know, which mm, aren't yeah. – like I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, Miami. They're gonna go down the thing, all the Art Deco buildings and the pastel, and, and you know, someone's butt. And no, it was none of that. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> it was. I, like I didn't realize they had buildings like that in Miami. And you know, it was raining. Like it doesn't rain. You know, like oh, I guess it does rain in Miami. It's Florida. So I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast to what you're saying. That they they're like, oh, no, there's more here than that. Um, and this was this. I watched this one first. So this was my absolute first exposure to any Real Housewives of any kind. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was a little different, and I, I, I really w- was struck by this sort of dichotomy between like the, I want to say kind of like the fake and the real, but like the bold and loud and you know tits out and here we go, and then the more realistic human side. I felt like they were constantly going back and forth between those to the point where like I didn't recognize Julia in her confessional at first. Because she looks oh, so yeah. different, right? Because she's got her hair was short. She was was not wearing any makeup. You know, she's got this gorgeous peasant blouse on, and then her confessional. She's all dolled up and you know like with an orange tan. I'm like, wait, oh, that's her. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> why? Why is she wearing that? That just doesn't seem like her vibe. Like, okay, but that I felt like that was going on back and forth a lot. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, Dylan, how about you? What did what did you take away from from this episode in terms of the the presentation or theme? Um, I, I did like the the swim week or whatever the hell it was called, uh, shark week, whatever it was, um, <laughs> and um, I, I did find it like very uh, yeah fun visually for sure, and nice to have kind of a, a you know a positive sort of heartwarming story arc for Julia. I find Julia like very easy to like, so it's uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to feel good for her. I did find it a little surprising that like after we see her modeling some bikinis and shit, they ever go down the runway like just draped in curtains. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, and she was like, oh, I, I hope I have a wrap. I'm like, are you kidding me? You look fantastic. She, like, she looks what? great. Her body looks amazing. Yeah. And they're like, keep talking about how, how well, you know, boundary breaking it's going to be to have somebody her age, you know, model yeah, like, swimwear. And then when they actually push her out there, she's wearing like a whole <laughs> aisle from Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, it's the, like, what happened to the whole like empowering bit? Like, they oh. seem to be hiding her. So I, I guess thought that, for- that was a little shocking. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the inspector like be on a little rascal, like because <laughs> she's like she's so old. Like, yeah. but, are you kidding? She's amazing. But, yeah. I, I also kind of appreciate uh, Alexia's subtle shade when she was like, yeah, "Julia was so fierce out there, rocking that '90s vibe." Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I thought that was really funny. Uh, yeah. like, '90s, huh? '90s, nice. yeah, like '90s <laughs> energy. <laughs> yeah. Doing it the way they did thirty years ago, so brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and of course me i was like yeah 90s wait a minute that was a while ago no yeah. fair <laughs> miss ussr 1991 right there yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there was miss ussr for a couple of years fucking gorgeous oh, yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i thought that this was like a, a decent episode in terms of like when I was trying to identify like themes for this episode, the thing that stood out to me, I guess was like um, the, the apprehensiveness that kind of was pervasive through all the characters on this episode. Um, I mean, with Julia and Kiki, we got that like clearly telegraphed through their, their words um, in the lead up to, to swim week and like the act of walking down the aisle and having this big, platform and being out of their element you could feel the nervous energy but it was like kind of like an excitement and then we got a real like contrast to that with the apprehension that is felt by like Gertie with her mm-hmm. cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and the res- the test results that are like looming over her head this entire uh this entire episode and um we also get that with like Lisa not knowing the outcome of what the settlement with her and Lenny is going to be. And mm-hmm. uh, Mary, you mentioned one of the things at the beginning of this episode that we see when we are first introduced to Lisa in this episode, she is like, there's a literal like rain cloud over her mm-hmm. head and she is mm-hmm. like pumping the gas on her own in like to her Rolls Royce. And she like says like, I'm, I'm just going to go wait inside the the car. Mm-hmm. Like we got that sort of, um, you know, this looming cloud that was over her, like visually presented to us right out of the gate with her, which I thought was um, a, a really great way to introduce her in this mm-hmm. episode, in this context. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I didn't put that together because I didn't know who she was later. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Is a, yeah. Now that you say like, oh, that, oh, that was Lisa. OK, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's, let's talk about our highlights from this episode. Uh, Mary, what were your, what were your highlights? My, okay. First of all, Kiki's walk. Oh Damn. yeah. Holy crap. That was amazing. Like, and I, you know, I watch a lot of project runway. I've seen a lot of walks. I mean, and Julie was good, yeah. but Kiki, holy cow. So that was one of my big highlights. I was like, girl has got it. The Haitian um, sensation. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like, what? I don't know if that's been a thing of her modeling other times, but I was, I was just like, that was awesome. And like, we haven't really outfits. seen, sorry. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, no, I, we, we haven't really seen this side of her. Like we haven't seen her in her element, like modeling. She's always been like this friend of, she's not a full like mojito, oh, wow. uh, mojito holder. And yeah, that was a really 
um, impactful walk down the runway. And I love how they like treated her like a magnet when we got that, that shot of the phones, like panning and following her. Yes. As she yes. It was yes. amazing. Yeah. It really shows the cut. energy uh, that how, how the energy is following her and the impact she has on the room. Very good. Yeah. Good totally. By the Just, camera staff there. And when she, and like afterwards when they're all sitting by the pool and she comes out, it's like, ah, oh, here she is, you know, just like she in that amazing dress. Um, so cool. Yeah. And she's gorgeous. So I was really just taken by her totally in love. Um, she was just really cool. Um, and, and her story too, right? Like it was so humanizing. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah. just like her telling her, like, like this sounds like project runway, like this sort of like, Oh my mother, like, Oh, well, she's going to be eliminated now. Oh, there's no elimination. Okay. Then never mind. You know, just that was that kind of, that kind of vibe. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting that we've like had to wait three seasons. Like this is the third season that she has been like a presence wow. on this show. And we've never really got this kind of uh, fleshed out background story to her. She has always been like very funny. She's like she's such a, a yeah, she's like she's, she's a weirdo. Unpredictable, but like always very like funny and supportive and also willing to like do a little bit of prodding and dirty work when some of the other housewives might not be willing to rock the boat. One of the things that we touched on uh, last episode when we were talking about like the reaction that Alexia and Marisol have been having to like Anna's appearance on, on screen has been that a lot of the cast here, they were on real housewives of Miami, um, you know, before it was canceled and then it was on, it was canceled for like eight years and then came back. And so they're just like very protective of the screen time. And Mm. they are like playing the, the game a lot more defensively and trying to like protect their, their time in front of the camera and make sure that they, you know, stay the stars there. Um, so I think having people like Kiki who are able to just come in, they've got much like lower stakes. They can be like agitators is really helpful for this, for this series. Um, but you also have people like, uh, Adriana, who is one of those people that was on the original cast, um, who is still like not really afraid to stir shit up. So, um, but yeah, Kiki is is a fantastic addition, and I think that she'll probably get promoted to a, a full housewife soon. Yeah, I seen that there was like the core, and then the the auxiliary sort of thing. They all came in later. I was like, wait, who are all these people? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> I was very confused. Um, see the other the other highlight, I like just Julia at the farm, and also the top she was wearing at that point. Like that yeah. was so. And again, she's such an earth mother. She seems so grounded. Like you know, no makeup. And then her confessional, she's totally not. But like, I love that it was such a nice little a vibe that made I felt made her much more approachable. Um, so like, I resonated with that because I was like, oh, that's a little more familiar. This more you know hippy dippy thing. Like, yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, she's just, like a little that. bit of a, a chameleon, like adapting to yeah. her environment. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I love Julia. I think she's very likable and i think we see that extended like beyond her style a bit because she seems like a very different person when she is with adriana versus when she is with alexia like we got that 
this emerging friendship between Julia and Alexia in this episode that we see take place at the farm. It's like very like fun and bubbly and like a little bit like artificial and surface level. And that is totally like Alexia's vibe. But then when we see Julia and Adriana, who's she's got like this more established friendship, it takes on like a little bit more of a, like a serious, like determined tone and that is how uh, adriana really externalizes her like personality and i, I mean there's a, a lot more to adriana i think she's one of the most like complex people on on bravo but she does present herself with like a severity while at the yeah. same time doing like completely goofy shit like showing up like waving a a white flag but she she does like present herself very like severely, and Julia like takes on that when she's close with Adriana. It's, it, so it sounds like she's someone who's got a lot of empathy, and that's usually a quality that people who that have a lot of empathy do is they will kind of adopt the at least somewhat the mannerisms of the people they're with just to kind of vibe. And I, it just yeah, I remember thinking that was so cool that oh yeah, here come on over to the farm, um, and. Oh, you're not comfortable with my animals? Okay, well, let's go inside. You know, it yeah. wasn't like, a, oh, come on. You know, she's like, all right, we'll go inside. We'll talk. Like, she's just, and I'm surprised to see that there, you know, in in this sort of genre where the conflict is what they what they hype. I mean, all the teasers are like, oh, all the, and yet here's this person that's like, oh, okay, come on inside. Let's have some have some coffee and relax, you know. I thought that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, totally. Uh, Dylan, what, what were your highlights here? Um, and the, I mean, I think the emotional core, uh, as much as, you know, Julia's story is really good, has to be like the, the heartbreaking stuff, news of, around Gertie. Mm. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting and really heartbreaking to see her really emotionally struggle with uh, the not very good news uh, about her, her latest tests. Mm. And just kind of her like very frustrated and angry denial of uh um, you know, insisting that she's not going to do another operation, even though she needs to, and just or may possibly need to, and uh, just, um, just I thought that was very raw and very uh, and very emotionally powerful. And I definitely don't also don't envy um, being in the position of her husband who has to like be like uh, reset her her expectations the way like you can't yeah. just you can't just just you know. He's not going to to lie and say like, "Oh, I'm sure it'll be great," and then you won't have to worry about it again because you know. Then she's setting herself up for an even more crushing disappointment if if the if she doesn't end up needing another procedure further down the road, and that's just such a difficult situation to uh, to to handle for her, obviously first and foremost. Uh, but it's just such a um, such a wrenching thing to go mm-hmm. through. And it, but I, I'm also like grateful to 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 have that you know show it to us in a very honest and raw way on camera yeah totally i that that scene between her and her husband at lunch was like very real there was like mm-hmm. and i love how like naturally it was presented there was like no flourish it was just the raw conversation and emotion and like the raw humanity that was on display and you could see you know Gertie as a coping mechanism, like really trying to just like put everything to the side and just like not think about a blinders, like put on her blinders and her husband taking this, like having to reluctantly like take this like very real approach. Like we have to consider that this like might not be fine. And it was, like you said, it was very touching. 
Yeah. And speaking of like very, no, go ahead, Mary. Sorry. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's also kind of that interesting, again, contrast between kind of like the the real and the fake is like here they're at this high level, high restaurant. She, they're all dolled up. She's like in this. And so you, you kind of assume a sort of um, plasticness, a sort of uh, fakeness and shallowness with mm-hmm. that. But then here comes in this, this humanity. And I, and I really dug that. The, like that was like I checked myself. I'm like, wow, I was making assumptions. And look, she's a, a freaking human being. And I, I think that's why this episode really um, sp- spoke to me a little more than the Beverly Hills one because I, I I got that sort of that little more realism even with the 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 lips and the tits and everything like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so don't speaking of Larsa. Okay, go um, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to say that I that I also really had a good time watching the uh, the scene between Larsa and Marcus Jordan, and I just don't. <laughs> I don't understand, for different reasons. Uh, I don't uh, um, understand why uh, Larsa says that she needs to like give Marcus a year and have to, and she's like waiting for him to figure his life out. Mm. Like, how do you want him to have his life more figured out? The, the man literally has a podcast. Yeah, you, yeah, that's all you need. What what more could you possibly want from a guy in his mid thirties in terms of <laughs> accomplishment, success? fulfillment when he already is doing a podcast he's clearly there uh, he's arrived yeah he just marry him now Larsa Christ uh, maybe she's worried he'll peak like you know he'll peak yeah, and then that'll be it right it. so that yeah. she's got a that's really what it is I mean you're mm. up high but how long can you stay up there that's yeah. the real question <laughs> he needs two podcasts yeah <laughs> there you go yeah, he's, he's, already, he's already on par with his father anyways in terms of achievements yeah. they're, they're like neck and neck <laughs> Uh, what other highlights did you have, Dylan? Um, that's basically it, really. I think uh, I think we pretty much covered uh, covered the ground for me, anyways. Yeah, I uh, I think we covered a lot of what I had to touch on. Um, I do like how we are seeing a very different Alexia than we have the past two seasons. Like mm. she's still trying to like present this like very on top of things. Uh, persona but she's clearly like acting more like a wounded animal and being like very like reactive to anything that is not you know going exactly the way that she wants uh i mean the most obvious example of this is with like that the whole anna situation but you know i think everything surrounding that with how she is just generally responding with um uh to Nicole and you know her dissatisfaction in her like um the house hunt that she seems to like be very reluctant to let go of this um status that she appears to be losing behind the scenes and being like very protective of her relationship with I can't remember what her husband's name is now but um just the response to that party at the beginning I um I am excited to see kind of where this goes and how she responds because we got in a confessional where I think it was Adriana was saying that Alexia does not like Nicole because um, Nicole has like great taste. She always like dresses well. She's got a great house. Um, She is, she is the, the Barbie that Alexia mm-hmm. wants to be. And I think that that is like so spot on. Um, it was just like a, a brilliant read of the, the situation. 
Um, let's just go around the horn and uh, if any of you guys had anything that was just a, a weird little thing that you noticed that you want to call out, um, we'll start with you, Mary. Did anything stand up to you? Uh, well, the first thing, just as a side note, um, I was expecting plastic surgery. I was not expe- expecting Marisol. <laughs> <laughs> that is like she took a picture of Sailor Moon to her <laughs> plastic surgeon and said like that. So that, that's all. I just that little comment. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, but okay, my this is kind of getting into the stars thing. But like um, when Adriana was recording, her vocal coach. Oh yeah, she, she was amazing. <laughs> she could not have been more outsider, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> totally. In her yeah. New York shirt and you know just hair down and it just like and, and like oh good job. It was just a strange like where she what. Where'd she come from? How is she? Why? What? So it was so like that was it just really stood out and in a cool way, but also just like a huh? So yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Uh, uh, Dylan, how about you? Um, uh, you know, I'll see Marisol too because uh, th- th- there's a confessional look I haven't seen yet. I, I actually I'm getting caught up in the season, and uh, when Marisol has that like like Roman shield patterned dress oh, confessional yeah. look, it was a pillow. <laughs> it was a pill- like a throw pillow I, on I, her I thought chest. she, yeah, to me it looked like she just kind of like maybe drunkenly got stuck in a vase and just tried <laughs> tried to play it off as a as, 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 as a dress, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you can rest stuff there. You can put your drink. You have a little spot there. That's yeah. why she's doing it. There you go. You got yeah. the code. Yeah. She, she's sticking little straws in there. She's marinating herself in tequila. It's right actually, now. the pillow yeah. is full of liquid. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's just full of tequila. Yeah. And there's just the a little, it's like a, it's Marisol. like a camelback, but more high fashion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. We've cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the the one little weird thing that I wanted to call out that I really enjoyed was when Alexia was making her phone calls to invite everyone to Mexico City. Larsa, in like typical Larsa fashion, when she's like, oh, we're going to Mexico City, that's where like trying to think of like what she can right. tie in personally. It's like, oh yeah, that's where like the bottles for my tequila get made. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, how can I like make this yeah. about me? <laughs> can we really visit good. the factory? Yeah. <laughs> that's just what everyone wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to ask you guys, I, uh, I don't know how much the the Virgin of Guadalupe is. Bi- how familiar you are with with her as a character, as a character, as a figure? Um, yeah, not at all. A, a, a okay, yeah. so Just, it's a huge. Yeah, she's the patron saint of Mexico. I in, I live in Chicago, large Mexican population. This is huge, and in Mexico City, there's a gigantic basilica to her. She's like, because uh, just to kind of make this story short, there was a. a, a she appeared to this this farmer Juan Diego, and asked for a basilica to be made. And she had to make a miracle, so she he, he, she told him to pick flowers and put them in his his uh, cloak. And then he went to the archbishop and and opened the cloak to pour out the uh, flowers. And there was the image of the Virgin painted magically on the cloak on the cloak. And that cloak is actually in the basilica. Like you go to the church and it's right there. Um, and ah. it's a very but it's a huge, like it's a whole complex. Like there's all these other little places that you, you just kind of walk around. It's gorgeous. But um, but like for anyone who is Mexican, the, the Virgen de Guadalupe is very important. Um, but uh, so I'm really curious to see, like, are they going to go to the Basilica? Like that's a, like, I, it's kind of a holy place, but like, you know, maybe so that the, 
there this is a little more of a human version. So I don't know. It's really interesting. But yeah, that's a it's a big Mexican. She's huge. And if you ever see her, she looks like if you ever see a, a Virgin Mary that looks like kind of a, in sort of a, an oval of 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 star of, of sunlight rays, that's her. And it's yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that they are going to go there. I feel like I saw that in a preview, but Alexia mm. did did like make it clear to Gertie that the reason why she selected Mexico City was because she like this was a, a saint that really helped her get through the accident that her son mm-hmm. Frankie had, and um, she wants to bring that energy to uh, Gertie's battle with cancer. So. I feel like we are going to see that. Um, that's definitely something that I'm going to like brush up on leading into these next episodes because I feel like we're going to get a lot of imagery related to that throughout the presentation of this trip. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they how they tie that in for sure. It's definitely the most Catholic of the Housewives shows, and I haven't, like I said, I've missed a lot of the episodes. But I remember from the the trailer for this season, they, there seemed to be a lot of like church Im- imagery going on. So I, I'd yeah. be interested to see where where they take that in Mexico City. They they may very well go to that basilica. That would that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. they're Latina. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have one more question: Is Nicole Latina? Because her Spanish is terrible. <laughs> yeah she yeah. she is yeah but it's wow. tr- it's true yeah she was she's clearly out of practice <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um so before we close out miami i want to get everyone's uh one to three all-stars from this episode mary who who were your picks um julia kiki and that vocal coach yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh good picks how about you dylan um, yeah, I got to go with the, the Haitian, Haitian sensation, uh, go, go with Julia. Uh, even, I think she was somewhere under there on the runway. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, yeah, you know, let's, let's throw in uh, Gertie there too, for just showing a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, real human emotion and instead of just, you know, she's not just, uh, off crying in a corner. She's being extremely defiant and extremely emotional and extremely present. And it's like a very, uh, kind of powerful journey to watch. So I'm, uh, so, so let's give her a star for that too. Why not? Yeah. And that aligns with what I would pick. I think Julia, Kiki and Gertie were the, the standouts for me in terms of who I found most compelling. Um, I want to move on to real housewives of Beverly Hills right now. Um, we'll get things started right out of the gates with housewives in a hurry. Uh, oh Mary, your 20 seconds are going to start right now. Uh, I can't think of a single thing. Oh, the gala. So we've got the, the, the toothless and homeless and toothless. And then just so much fighting between Crystal and Anna Marie and the freaking esophagus, uh, Pilates <laughs> with the assistant holding the, the phone. Um, and that's all I can remember. <laughs> that's good. That's s- a- one second to spare, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because I left stuff out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that I think covers the, the, the broad strokes on this. Um, what did you think just in terms of the, the presentation of this or the, and the themes, what, what did you identify as like really standing out? Yeah, this one was, was interesting for this one. I, I felt more like I was like the watcher is a housewife too. I didn't get okay, that for some yeah. reason. I didn't get that in, in Miami, but here I kind of felt like it was the way it's shot and the way it's set. It's like, like you're you're just one of the group. You're right here with them, which I thought was kind of neat. And I think it was really just about like the what you should and shouldn't do for the people 
that are in your group, like how, how to treat mm. people, what the, what's the right thing to do, how to, right. how to behave like with, um, you know, even like Kyle being so kind to, to, um, uh, Sutton, um, we had a little bit of Dorit and Phoenix, uh, Dorit Dor- or Dorit. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Dorit, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, ragging on Mauricio, uh, Crystal and, and Jeff and, and the fiance, and then just this whole, oh, and PK and Dorit supporting each other. And then to contrast Anna Marie, just being psychotic. Um, <laughs> and, and just that, that sort of thing is just kind of the lesson here is here's how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to behave, how you're supposed to talk to your friends and the people who love you and how you're not. Yeah. That, that kind of aligns with one of the like main themes that I saw in this episode, which was like acceptance. So Mm -hmm. I think like uh, all those examples that you identified fall into that. Um, I think with like Anna Marie, I think she is actually really trying to be accepted in on this show, like in this cast Mm -hmm. and like trying to be accepted as like a reality person like mm-hmm. like just she's interacting with like i guess almost the uh the the meta of the medium by like really trying to drive some drama and really being focused on it and really trying to um trying to get accepted by the fandom and things are going the opposite way in terms of the reaction online right now but uh that is like a, a theme and like a core motivation that we're seeing for her it's also uh, the I, edit she's getting. She's getting the villain edit so much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's it's not being kind to her. Another thing that I thought was a really interesting choice for them to include in this episode was the scene that we got between Crystal and her brother, which, um, again, this is one of those scenes that it could have been shot at any point during this season, but they chose to include it during this episode because I think it aligned with the theme of this this episode this like acceptance um where they're having a discussion about the um the relationship that her brother has has with her like or his ex fiance and mm-hmm. uh, how uh his ex fiance vivi never felt accepted by crystal or or her mom and um you know this is a storyline that i have been finding like really really compelling since it was introduced a couple episodes back um i think that it's uh a really interesting family dynamic that i am curious to see how her relationship with her her brother evolves but yeah that that tied into the that theme that you identified as well i think uh dylan how about how about you um, yeah, in terms of like Anne Marie, I, I agree, Craig, that like she kind of uh, really feels a need to try to get at the center of discourse because she's a newcomer and that's what you have to do. You have to get messy. I, I think like she, like she came off as way too intense, which made it too easy for her to get the villain edit. Like I think if she had like played it a little more slyly and been like, you know what, I think the whole like uh, thin esophagus thing is kind of bullshit, you know, based on my medical experience. It just like played it off as like, I'm gossiping to you quietly in a corner. That yeah. might have played a lot better. <laughs> but the fact that she was like shouting about it for like a fucking hour and being like, as a board certified yeah. nurse, like <laughs> is, is like, like just getting so aggressive, just made it too easy for her to, to turn herself uh, into the villain. Though also like I also found Sutton's 
very southern reaction of getting angry by just shouting nam a bunch of times really weird and funny too you know <laughs> like just as she gets she shows her anger just by saying nam more frequently and more loudly it's just a weird southern tick she has you know excuse me ma'am ma'am <laughs> all right it's very odd but uh that was all fun all good stuff um Oh, yeah, because gossip can bring yeah. you together, right? Gossip can be yeah. a very bonding thing. Like, oh my god, let me tell you this thing. I think, oh, I think that's it too, right? But she she used it wrong, and it did, and yeah. it ended up alienating her because she yeah, made herself the subject of gossip. She made it too easy for mm-hmm. other people to go off and be like, oh, Anne Marie's acting nuts, instead of being <laughs> like, oh, I just got a, a juicy tidbit from Anne Marie. You know, when they cut away to the receipts, like that was like to the the different the like at the time with the timestamps. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Like Chef's Kiss. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. And I love that we got a, a shot of her like saying this to uh, Teddy Mellencamp and Teddy just looking so bored. Like, Anne-Marie, you bored Teddy. Like, the most boring housewife. Unanimously <laughs> considered the most boring housewife. Not by me. That's like, this is fan service on my part. Mm-hmm. But you bored Teddy. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> also like that, uh, that, that her partner husband, Marcellus, is just like getting drunk on gin while this is going on just be like hey guys what's up yeah. so just <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i'm a hugger first and and i remember who he hugged i think it was sutton wasn't it yeah and she was just like uh, uh yeah uh, <laughs> excuse me sir <laughs> yeah sir sir <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, very, very unstrategic use of this information by yeah. Anne-Marie. I think like she just like she came in, like you said, clearly wanting to make an impact, but she made it impossible for anyone to hitch their wagon to that. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to do something like that, you got to be like very careful. You got to like know that this information is currency and you've got to use it in that way and try to get like someone on board with you and like form a bond. And she just yeah. like came in and made it impossible for anyone to like jump on this. Even like, Early in the season, we saw like Kyle and Dorit clearly looking for something to get into conflict with Sutton over. This would have been perfect, but it she just like burnt it. She just like you know rose hell, and it's it's no longer valuable. So um, very unstrategic. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in terms of the uh, the storytelling and um, themes? Um. Homeless, not toothless, is funny every time somebody said it. <laughs> it the, the joke did not wear thin. It was just such an amazing, terrible choice of name for that organization. I just, I mean, I get where they're going with, right? They're going for toothless as in powerless, you know? Yeah. But when, you, when you're looking, you've got, you're invoking the image of a homeless man who, you know, or a homeless person they're very often missing teeth. It's like, how are you like expecting people to not like just kind of snicker at your poorly choice of chosen name choice. It's just very, <laughs> very good. Just very, yeah. very good. I just love having this, this, this fancy reception at the, at the Beverly Hilton for almost not toothless. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do great work. Maybe I hope they're doing amazing work and, and are really providing resources and are really like, uh, you know, that's all that counts. If they're doing something to secure sustainable housing for William H. Macy, then it's 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 a positive step. He 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 needs it. You know, he, he's uh, it, it's um, if, if they can... <laughs> not, can't hold him up anymore because she's she's canceled. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and like, actually, one of the leading causes of homelessness in Los Angeles is when Paul Anderson and the Coen brothers stop casting you in their ensemble pieces. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's wealth out there, man. You've got in the like, arms of the angel. Yeah. You've got Julianne Moore, like, living in a tent on La Cienega, just like, you know, <laughs> scrounging for change and Todd Haynes roles. You've, you've got to do something to help these people. <laughs> So we were actually introduced to this organization last year and they said that what this organization does is like they fix homeless people's smiles like they like do dental work on them. Oh, it actually is dental work. Okay. I didn't know it was actually dental work. Which is why uh, Erica's dentist was there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's still Um, a terrible name. It's still a terrible name. It is. Yeah, totally. Um, It does tie into what I thought was the overriding theme of this episode, which was like the importance of aesthetic and image. Like Mm. um, they really focused on, you know, even how the details on this gala, they were so focused on just the little things and how it was presented. And obviously, you know, the, the whole charity is about improving like an aesthetic image for, for people. But I thought that there was, um, you know, this, the storyline that we're getting about Sutton and this potential eating disorder that she had, uh, it all ties into this idea of like how important image is to people in general. So I thought that that was uh, a really important theme on this episode, but I do want to talk about the, the visual story, uh, surrounding crystal this episode, which I thought was, um, uh, it was really great. I, I love that when we got her, uh, introduced in this episode she was it was a, like a very cozy imagery she was like curled up on a chair by the fire in her like backyard like clearly like cozy and very very warm and we actually got it shot through the like the refraction from the heat of the the fire that she was in front of while she was talking with garcelle and we got to see mm-hmm. her in a like a very comfortable place and one of the things that I've talked about a lot on this podcast is that I think that we're seeing this new comfortable crystal emerging. And so I felt like that was uh, a really good way to embody that. And then the next thing that we saw with her was we saw her in this like reddish pink outfit at this cafe that where all the walls were like red and and brown and she almost like blended into it and then her brother was there in in white and the crystal and the environment this red kind of surrounded him and it really spoke to like the the smothering relationship that she has had and how she's like driving her brother away by just like overwhelming him and i just thought it was a really like compelling visual that matched up with with their conversation and then when we finally got to the the gala she comes in and she is dressed so understated like she's like just in a like a black dress the least memorable outfit out of anyone there like no shade like she still looked looked good but she was like very understated and when we see everyone gathered around the bar table before they're going into the ballroom and that that fight breaks out she's actually like physically positioned behind 
Erica. Erica's like backs to her. She looks almost like she's like a background character. And then Mm -hmm. she finally like is drawn into this argument and we like get her pushed past Erica and emerging into the, the center of the group. And I just really like that visual in terms of getting this like emerging picture of Crystal as a more uh, important housewife in this series, because up until this season, she has been pretty forgettable and a bit of a wallflower in my opinion, but I am so much more compelled by her story this season. I thought that this was just a really nice way of having it visually represented. Yeah. Great points. Absolutely. Yeah, um, kinda, and it was like a, a path from like kind of almost normal person to housewife, you know, just like that ascendance. Yeah, totally. Um, Mary, what were your, what were your highlights here? Um, I, there were small things. So uh, I've mentioned some of them already, but uh, first of all, I loved Sutton doing Pilates on her the board <laughs> while her one assistant's holding her phone. And then she's talking to another assistant who I later learned is actually on vacation. Like that was so extra. I mean, just like, it's amazing. I loved it so much. And just everyone with all their assistants. Um, yeah. And she was like right by a fire. Yes. Uh, oh, more it, fire. Yeah, more fire. We got the two mm. most like angry people in this episode, which are Crystal and Sutton, both pictured directly next to fire. Uh, yeah. That's uh, interesting imagery that I did not take note of. That's interesting. Yeah, and then she was also cutting roses, which I don't know what that if that means anything. There's symbols in there. Um, She's like the uh, the Queen of Hearts in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but in the, a little gr- a bright lime green mini dress, yeah. which of course, and then. Um, there, okay, so I mentioned earlier that, that the way the camera work was, it kind of felt like you were one of the housewives, right? It's all just kind of like right with them uh, as if you're just kind of there, except when they were teasing into before the fight uh, at, in the, at the ballroom outside, we got this sort of like Jaws thing behind um, Anna Marie and, and Marcellus, just like this bonum, bonum. Like we were like oh, behind yeah. them, like here they come. <laughs> and even the music was just like, oh no, here it comes. And I thought that was a really fun little little moment that it was just this um th- that like here here it comes we know this is going to be different and such a big change um and then my last thing was just multi-nominated artist taylor dane yes yeah. i was Not actually like so legitimately excited yeah yeah it was crazy, I, I, but, like, I don't know who that is i'm, I'm with Andrea oh, on that one i don't know oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> no but it was, I, I just it was funny it wasn't multi-award winning like multi-nominated artists yeah. like oh <laughs> oh well yeah that song and she sang introduced was a huge by hit. paula abdul i like that yeah. it was like paula mm-hmm. abdul is there but it's she's not performing she's introducing yeah. taylor dane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i was excited by taylor dane like i think like tell it to tell it to my heart is such a banger mm-hmm. so when it, she came on i was like oh taylor dane that's great um but yeah, obviously not not everyone was as excited. But I so, will say that Dorit and PK are really like checking off the boxes on my like 80s playlists this season because mm-hmm. this wasn't as like big of a um, uh, moment as we saw earlier this season when PK had planned this uh, this date that was themed like, a pretty woman. So everything was like meticulously planned to be just like the movie pretty woman. And uh, Dorit was given this red dress to come down in and they capped it off by having like a private performance uh, from Berlin 
not doing a song from Pretty Woman, doing the theme the theme from Top Gun as they slow dance. Oh. It was <laughs> just like was, really, okay. really great. Yeah, um, I was gonna say Berlin. The only one I know is Take My Breath Away. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty Woman at all. <laughs> it's, it's an odd compliment. You're like, darling, you're like a sex worker to me. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, uh, all right. <laughs> Big mistake. Oh. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, what uh, what highlights did you have? Um, I really love that they included the moment of Erica meeting her dentist. Yes. Yeah. Just because it's awkward. <laughs> you know, I love just a little awkward scene thrown in there. You know, neither of them seem to realize right away that they know each other right away. Or maybe one of them does and doesn't really want to admit it because they're not sure the other one does. Uh, and, and just yeah, very awkward stuff. Wonderful. That, that's what I love for these little, just like interstitial awkward moments of them living their lives and having to to, to grin through a, an interaction that they don't want to have. I love the idea of like a dentist not being sure if he knows someone and really trying to get them to like laugh or smile so you yeah. can see the inside of their teeth. To just getting like, oh, cl- as close to his face, her face as he can, just being like, I feel like I know those bicuspids, but I'm trying to place yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you try saying something? It just I'm going to put my hands in your mouth and now talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh no, they're licking armpits. So who knows? Maybe that's not. Out of <laughs> yeah, that's <question>. true. <laughs> uh, did you have any other highlights, Dylan? Um, not really. I mean, I do want. I just want to see more and more of Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade. I, I got. I want to see more of their dynamic. I want to see what's going on between those two women with the names of four men between them. <laughs> 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 Kyle Kyle's still giving me Demi Moore vibes, right? Like, is it just me? I feel like her her more recent faces have been perhaps modeled on Demi Moore. Okay. Yeah. Possibly. Totally. <laughs> but she also kind of sounds like she's got the raspy voice and stuff. So I was, I was getting yeah. I was getting Demi Moore there, which mm. no, not bad. Hey, go for it. Yeah. Um, I think that we touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. We can move into um, the uh, the what's weird. Mary, did you have anything weird that stood out to you? When they cut to the picture of Jeff and his fiance and her face was blurred out. Mm, that was yeah. weird. Like, wh- why did you, wh- what is, why? Like, had she been on the show at all before or like? No, she hasn't. So she must ne- not never have a seen release. Her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she wouldn't do it, but it was just like, then why cut to that picture? The whole picture yeah. is like, look, here's the two of them. But, but I can't, I won't show you the other person. Like that was yeah. really funny. I mean, it was weird. It's just like proof that she actually existed at some point. <laughs> <laughs> why is that relevant? Like I know this could exist. We don't care. It's all yeah. fake. Who knows? Uh, Dylan, how about you? There's a moment where Erica does an impression of a referee blowing a whistle just as part of a sentence she's saying. You remember this? Oh, and yeah. She does it so fucking well. Just like she just she whistles in a way that sounds so much like a like a, a soccer referee's whistle. And I was just so impressed by that. She's just I, I was wondering if that was sound yeah. design or if that was actually her doing the impression. I, I feel in my heart it was her. I, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, she she's an icon. So I think she could pull it off. And I think she did. <laughs> Uh, excellent. Yeah, no, I had two things that were weird. The first was at the intro to the party, the step and repeat had like one of the, you know, the sponsors on it was, uh, 
uh, Beverly Beach by Dorit, which was the brand that Dorit started a few seasons ago that we've heard nothing about since. So I don't know if that is still going or not, but the fact that it is a sponsor for this event just was uh, very like savvy businesswoman of Dorit to get her, her brand put on that, or they're just repurposing the step and repeat that she already owns which could also be the case um but but one thing that stood out to me when we were getting the montage of everyone getting ready was we got a short little scene with with crystal and rob and you know it it was expressing the goal was to express why rob was not going to be there and crystal's just like oh uh, what is your event and he's like oh it's for the brave little toaster and she's like oh okay well i'll meet you after (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you didn't know who rob was it like would be like wait what that (laughs) doesn't make any sense but he directed the lion king so he's got his like his foot in that world very firmly okay. planted. <laughs> that, makes, that makes a lot more sense. But yeah, that's, but yeah, then it's kind of interesting that like he's going for the brave little toaster, whereas Mauricio was doing something. I don't remember what it was where he couldn't be at the, the funeral or celebration of life. And then, yeah, yeah, just different levels of husband qualification quality going on. Here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's quickly identify who our all-star picks are from this episode. Mary, do you want to go first? Um, Crystal, Sutton's esophagus, and Taylor Dane. Yeah, right mm. on. Yeah, Dylan, how about you? Um, yeah, so this is this is a tough one for me. Uh, yeah, let's get Crystal. She'd have a strong, uh, strong uh, story, even though you know she loses some points for like trying to uh, prove her side of the esophagus story by saying like Google auto auto completed a sentence, and that's proof that like that it's a real thing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but she, she got a lot of screw time. Got, a we got to develop her character a lot more. So sure. Let's get Crystal in there. Um, let's get, um, our amazing performers who, who wowed everybody, uh, Erica for doing the whistle, uh, and, <laughs> and, and Morgan Wade for playing everybody's favorite hits. <laughs> um, uh, my, my picks are the exact same as you, Mary. I think, Crystal, obviously, uh, Sutton's esophagus making another appearance here. We're going to get really tired of this soon, but not yet. It's still fun. Um, and, uh, oh, what did we say for the third one? We had Crystal. I said Taylor Dane. Oh, Taylor Dane. Yeah, for sure. Taylor Dane. Uh, love to see Taylor Dane there. Looking great. It's good for her. If she did a collab with Morgan Wade, that'd be so magical. <laughs> yeah well look out for that maybe we'll see yeah. <laughs> um well thank you so much for doing this mary uh do you want to tell us a little bit about venix the mighty i do yeah so it's a um a comedy podcast a scripted fantasy comedy podcast lots of words together uh so if you imagine kind of a mix-up of uh terry pratchett and hello from the magic tavern put together oh, okay um I wrote it and directed it, and I'm, I'm I play a part in it. But the the thing I'm really most excited about that I want everyone to understand is the cast is so freaking good. I've got some. I mean, some of the the like some really uh, the great talented artists of Milwaukee, but like of, like they're really good. Like there's some amazing people, so 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 funny. Um, and so I really want people to to hear that just so that they can hear these talented actors do their thing because they're so good. Um, the hardest part of making this was just not messing up the takes by laughing you know it was like the princess bride (laughs) um 
So yeah, and uh, it, it drops every Friday. Uh, they're really short episodes. So if you want to like like uh, kind of group them all together and like binge watch, you could totally do that. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope people see it because I'm super proud of it and super excited about the the cast and everyone who's done such great work. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. I uh, literally last mm-hmm. night just started reading Truckers by Terry Pratchett to oh. my five-year-old son. So uh, going to be checking that out for sure. Uh, Dylan, uh, want to let people know where they can find you? Um, yeah. If you've heard me making movie references in the show, you'll probably notice that my movie opinions are impeccable. So I do have a stuff sub stack <laughs> where, where I have movie mm-hmm. opinions uh, under my name, Dylan Ferguson. Read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Awesome. Uh, I'm Craig Midwinter. You can mostly just find me here on Bravo Outsider. We're on Instagram at Bravo Outsider. We're on YouTube, Bravo Outsider. Check out our website. Made some changes. uh, BravoOutsider.com. We're also on TikTok and uh, X, the usual places. Just look us up. You'll find us. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice. That really helps us out a ton. Until next week, keep on wifing.